What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and throw to me! Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm going to need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of course. No. Somebody help me! No! Julie! From a distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Naming Network and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheMainNamy. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Hello. Dan, I don't know how to break this to you, but um, we uh, traded you to the Joe Rogan podcast for cash consideration, so um, you will. At least we made. You have to get off the podcast now. <laughs> At least we made a move. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't just sit in here, sit here and realize, hey, we're good with what we have. <laughs> if, I, if I'm going to get traded, if it's cash, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's we we did we did that over at the Game Vault. Just decided we were good with where we were at. Hey, listen, <laughs> you guys have a solid podcast over there, and uh, yeah. strong from top to bottom. I understand that I'm the weak link here. Yeah, that's more than we needed a, sec- a third person, what we needed was cash. Yeah, <laughs> we all need cash. Well, did, it's a amount to be determined later, I'm assuming. <laughs> did you get Did you get international no. pool money? Is no. that what it was? You're gonna You're gonna bring someone over from, uh, you know, across the pond, maybe. No, sure. probably a Canadian. That'll be. Oh, uh, now I feel insulted. Anyway, <laughs> um, this week we had kind of trouble figuring out uh, a good movie that would be um, fair to compare to Hobbs and Shaw. I watched a total of three movies this week after finally deciding on the one that we wound up watching. I um, picked this one. This was my idea. It was, yeah. Give, and so it was give credit. That was after I watched um, Biker Boys for Hobbs and Shaw. Cause well, it's, that was the original idea. Right. The original right. idea was to do something based off of Fast and the Furious, 
which was Biker Boys, which just didn't lend itself to be picked apart. It, you know, it, it's not a good movie, but it just was kind of boring. And then we were trying to think of something a little more, maybe talk, more talked about. So I wound up watching uh, a shitty Netflix, uh, basically Lifetime movie called okay. Secret Obsession or something like that, um, which sucked too. And then eventually Dan mentioned that he saw Masters of the Universe on Amazon Prime. So I said, I actually watched this about a couple of weeks ago just to see if it if it fared well for a, an episode. And then I was like, you know what? He mentioned it. I've already watched it once. And so let's do it. So this week is Masters of the Universe. So guys, um, we're all 80s kids. Uh, Masters of the Universe, what is your, what's your relationship with it going into this po- this movie podcast well like you said growing up in the it, it was the late 80s i mean i was born when this movie came out but uh i grew up with the he-man action figures i watched the cartoon so i knew a decent amount of it it wasn't one of my favorites but i enjoyed it and i had seen this movie before once and i just remember it being i believe you said it best and it's just kind of noisy mm-hmm and it's there. Uh, and I, I just remember Dolph Lundgren being very strange in this movie. And that's all I remember. I didn't <laughs> he, really remember much. He's got like two lines. He doesn't. Yeah, he really doesn't. I, I think what annoyed me the most about this movie is that they just keep calling him He-Man. When yep. he's not. I mean, that that is his name. Yes, that's like his, you know, his superhero alter ego. But his real name is Adam. And they yeah, never he, once refer to him as Adam. He's never Prince Adam in this movie. No. Uh, I think they just kind of wanted to skip all that and get right to, hey, hey kids, it's He-Man. Everyone knows He-Man. Yeah. But a purist like myself, you know, Dr. Stu's purist <laughs> and Masters of the Universe. I'm just an all-around purist in every movie we watch. Okay. I, I thought it would be cool to call him Prince I was, Adam. I was, I was glad you specified that. If they're saying I'm an all-around purist. Well, Ant can't call me out now. He can't call me out on this because I actually do know Masters of the Universe. So. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so my history is basically I had the action figures. Uh, I've watched cartoons a little bit and, and know mainly the stuff I remember from it is the stuff that has come out later as part of, like, uh, Twitter memes and stuff like that, you know, with, with Skeletor and, and He-Man and stuff like that um and the the car commercials for it uh he man um was more like he was part of the action figure collection i've had because my mom or aunt or somebody was like hey he man's popular here you know and just gave it to me for my birthday or christmas you know sort of thing you know when i was more you know turtles and power rangers and you know wwe wrestlers and stuff like that um at the time but yeah so i know really before going into this movie um you know, I knew He-Man, Skeletor, and um, the the little annoying thing. Um, uh, but and that was just from them being part of memes on the internet more than anything. Um, but yeah, the uh, we'll, we'll get into it. But my like his first thought was noisy. Uh, my first thought watching it was how like 80s this movie is. Like not in like out of the like if someone made an 80s movie now, how they would think the 80s looked, mm-hmm. but how when you actually watch 80s movies, how much this is the 80s, 
in terms of just little things. Um, yeah, I can get into it deeper. Just the, you know, aesthetic that it's a, you know, high school band playing at the prom and, you know, the uh, small town strip mall and, you know, the uh, her working at like that fast food drive up place, you know, at the very beginning, Courtney Cox's character. James you know. Oaken being a, a jerk. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. 80s. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was just in subtle ways and little ways. It was, you know, probably a good combination of every 80s movie I could think of um, was om- almost in this movie. And um, it was it was a weird it made me think of what would the, you know, MCU that we know now been like if they decided to do it then, you know, sort of how loud and noisy this was and then trying to blend it into that teenage aesthetic of of what was popular at the time so but but it was pretty funny just just little things like that and um and how utterly terrible some of the costumes were but um we can get into all that later okay yeah um I remember having He-Man action figures, but I don't really remember it being a thing for me. I know my sister was into it. She was a little bit older, so she was probably even closer to the um, age range for it. She was into He-Man and She-Ra and all that. I don't remember ever seeing this movie. Um, And I have very minimal recollection of the actual cartoon. Um, so, So much so that when I was watching this movie, I was like... I really feel like this is going completely against what this the original cartoon was all about. And sure enough, because of budget reasons, they decided to um, de- deviate uh, a great deal from the original cartoon. Um, there is no like present day uh, part to uh, the cartoon from what yeah. I was reading. All right, um, it's all set and I was pretty sure that that was. Yeah, I was pretty sure that was the case. But I was like, I really I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, there was no laser guns and shootouts like that, um, quite like that. Um, this this movie, I, in 10 or 12 episodes, I'm going to have a hard time separating this movie from Star Crash. Yeah, th- there was definitely some similarities to Star Crash, I thought. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I just had an idea of something um, similar that I realized watching through this movie that I never was able to separate as a kid. I realized how many characters from Thundercats I thought were He-Man characters. Okay, and it's apparently so easy. Or not. <laughs> right, it, it's easy to get She-Ra, Thundercats. Mark He-Man. was waiting for Chitara to show yeah, up. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thundercats, ho. Yeah, I was probably thinking of like whatever the little was it Snarf or whatever is that is that Thundercats. Yes. I yeah, was, I believe so. I think I was wondering why the little thing in this movie didn't look like that thing. And then I think I realized that it, that was because that was Thunder and not gotcha. E-Man. Mark, Mark was like, oh, I can't wait to see what Chitara looks like <laughs> in that loincloth. That's spandex. But, <laughs> yeah, like, Lion-O was... is sort of He-Man-ish. Yeah. They actually had a very good uh, death battle episode between Lionel and He-Man. It's, uh, I don't know if anyone who listens has ever heard of that but go watch that episode if you do watch it it's pretty cool because even though i knew i watched those cartoons growing up i didn't realize yeah you know i was a kid you don't realize the the actual powers and how in depth each character goes to and none of that is explored in this movie by the way like a he-man can run super fast he's super strong super durable and this he's just kind of a guy 
Mm-hmm. But he's Dolph Lundgren. He's just a really big dude. Yeah, he's just a sweaty, masculine guy. Yeah, with a mullet. Uh, with a pretty sweet mullet. <laughs> Masters of the Universe for 1987 was directed by Gary Goddard, who only directed this movie. Uh, this is his only feature-length film that he directed. It has an IMDb score of 5.4, which is a little high. Rotten Tomatoes of 17%. Uh, no, budget. Real quick, I'm sorry. Why do you think it rated so high? Do you think nostalgia? Probably nostalgia. Um, 5.4 is a little high for this, right. if I'm being honest. Uh, budget estimated at $22 million, U.S. gross $17 million. So they may they lost money on this one. Yeah. Oh, so Mark, your your GIF of P Diddy just raining money. All right, you said it wrong. Podcast over. It's GIF. <laughs> it is GIF. It's not GIF. I don't care what anybody says. It's GIF. I, well, <laughs> well, you you guys can be over there in your wrongness, <laughs> and I'll stay over here being correct. <laughs> no, I I as the follow-up to your thing was, was they thought it was going to make them a lot of money. Right. That is why they made the movie was they thought, Oh, it's going to bring in all this money. Look at the toy sales and all that that are happening before this. And then it came out and they were, nobody went and saw it. I, I don't know <laughs> if they had, uh, masters of the universe movie action figures. Yeah. But I can't imagine them selling well. No, but who, who knows? But yeah, this, this, uh, yeah, this movie took a huge, huge dump. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, our second canon film that we ever covered. Um, oh, the first one was Invasion USA, nice. and this was the most expensive canon film ever made. That would have been a cool crossover. Yeah. And the uh, one cool, um, well, at least for me, uh, the uh, uh, credit I saw was uh, the music was by Bill Condi. Who Bill I, Conti, yep. I have got his... from uh, Rocky. He's... Uh, he is the creator of Gonna Fly Now, yep. as well as music for the right stuff for your eyes only. Uh, he's also credited as the original music for Rockies 1 through 3, 5, Rocky Balboa, Karate what? Kids 1 through 4, Rookie what? of the Year, and several Academy Awards. What was that movie you mentioned? Rocky only is four parts in the beginning. And uh, then it goes to Balboa. Yep. There's no... There's, There's no a Rocky movie. Five. There's a Rocky Five that we will probably be covering one day. <laughs> oh God, I hope so. This oh. movie actually has a couple of awards to its name too, by the way. Oh yeah. Outstanding achievement in fantasy and horror films, and uh, best costume and best special effects. Yeah. And what? Well, it's oh, it was nominated for best costume and best special effects. But in the it, Oscars? It, no, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Okay, yeah, you got to yeah. preface that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I thought I, said, um, I thought Fantasy and Horror Films. It, I, Oscars don't have that. No. Um, the stars, as mentioned, Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, uh, Frank Langella as Skeletor, Meg Foster, Courtney Cox, and Robert Duncan McNeil. And uh, I will say that I realized that I didn't know how courtney cox's first name was spelled until it's popped up right yeah she's yeah. got two e's in that name that's yep. stupid so would we courtney courtney yeah courtney courtney, courtney. come on what, <laughs> what's going on with you guys You're pronouncing <laughs> gif and courtney c-o-u-r-t-e-n-e-y courtney but who would ever pronounce their name courtney we're we're just pronouncing it phonetically so you could understand how it's spelled without me having to spell it oh dear lord yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. 
I thought I thought an appropriate title for this podcast could be the one where they go to Eternia. <laughs> uh, also, uh, it also has Christina Pickles as the sorceress, which I only mentioned because she would go on to play Courtney Cox's mom in Friends. Yep. There you go. I've never I've never watched Friends really. I think I've seen maybe two episodes. There you go. Um, That's a nice little tie-in. Yeah, and this movie's not good. No. It's, if I was a kid getting ready to see masters of the universe i'd be sorely disappointed this feels like super mario brothers mm-hmm. it's very close I, to me this movie's harmless yeah i mean it's bad but it's also like eh, you know it's not terrible like in the in the annals of history it's not going to go down as the worst of the worst no it's bad I, but it's goofy it's silly and yeah. it's just it's loud in places like maybe yeah. i'm just an old person or maybe it's just the the constant laser beam sound effects is just got to me at at some point where I'm just like all right I get it even in the, especially in a movie where you know the the source of material that that's completely out of place yeah yeah it, it, I think yeah they definitely they were off on the wrong foot when they decided to go down the route where this magic key is used by it's like music essentially like oh man that's so that's so 80s everything's synth right it's oh it's a synthesizer everything is keyboard japanese right (laughs) it's so they definitely and i know you said that it was because of budget cuts but they still made a poor choice i think yeah um any last things before we end the plot uh no I'm I'm ready. I'm ready and ready to go. All right. Um, so we'll just go right into it. We start off. We get a little uh, exposition voiceover of Castle Grayskull. Sorceress of Grayskull has kept the realm at rest, but now forces of evil try to rule Castle Grayskull. So uh, real quick, I even as a kid, I never understood what the appeal of Castle Grayskull was. It's I mean it's it's got a cool kind of a front, right? And in the cartoon, that's where Prince Adam is. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not Skeletor, it's Prince Adam. So like, you wouldn't think He-Man would live in a castle called Castle Grayskull. You would think Skeletor would live in Castle Grayskull. Right. But it, so it's all backwards. Why why do we park in driveways and drive on parkways? One of the great mysteries of life. <laughs> yeah, but regardless, Castle Grayskull is a giant dump. Yeah, it looks terrible. It it looks even worse in the movie. In the cartoon, it looks like kind of cool. <laughs> uh, so then we get titles and credits with Bill Conti's best John Williams yep. impression, yeah. yep. sounding yep. just like Superman. the Superman theme song. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> they did their best. Um, yeah. This was also written by David O'Dell, who uh, wrote. A couple of things, and then all of a sudden just stopped writing somewhere in the 80s. He's still very much alive, and he wrote uh, a couple of things that we've heard of. I forgot. I didn't write it down, but... um, It's there. Then he just... 1988 was just like, that's it. That's it for his credits. Masters of the Universe was my masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) Stop digging, you struck oil. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then we see Castle Grayskull again after the credits... And Skeletor immediately takes Castle Grayskull for herself and takes the sorceress prisoner. He yeah. claims victory over the people of Eternia, and he says he will destroy anyone who does not bow to him. I I gotta say the 
scenes inside Castle Grayskull here have all the energy of a high school play <laughs> when, when they're doing the performances. Sure. Um, it's just, I was just like, oh, this is like sitting in an audience going, oh, they're trying. They're they're doing what they can. <laughs> one, one thing I've always heard about this movie when someone talks about Masters of the Universe, they always say... But Frank Langella, you know, he he really chews the scenery. It's it's fun to watch him. I hated it. I was <laughs> so annoyed with his yeah. acting in this. And I think the, from the story I heard, the only reason he took the role was because of his kid. His kid, yeah. like Masters of the Masters of the Universe. But it was to, it was such a bad casting choice. I hated him in this. Okay, Mark, did you have a uh, a feeling towards Frank Langella one way or the other? Yeah, he didn't. Like, I'd heard the same things that, that Dan did about, you know, chewing up scenery. And I was hoping for, like, some Robert Patrick moments from Double Dragon, <laughs> you know, in this movie. And just got none of it. And like I said, anytime he's doing any of his, uh you know, uh, speeches from there, it just felt like, you know, like somebody trying too hard uh, to be great. Like, uh, it's the complete opposite to Bring in Star uh, uh, Crash. Um, the... Um, you know, the way uh, Christopher Plummer, when he would have his monologues, mm-hmm. would sort of command attention. It, 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 it didn't really work in this movie for him, and I was slightly disappointed by that. Okay. Uh, then the stormtroopers start rounding up prisoners. And Very much we, so. Then we meet He-Man, as well as Tila, Duncan the Man-of-Arms, and Gwildar, a little wizard, who... Uh, is... Supposed to be Orko, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Gwildar brings them into his home to show his invention, which is the cosmic key and can open a doorway to anywhere. Uh, he built one for Skeletor, uh, but Skeletor doesn't re- know that he has another one. Um, I, you... I, I, I don't know if you guys watched with the subtitles on, yep. but I don't think at any point, unless I missed it, that they ever referred to Duncan as Duncan. It's, it's always Man of Arms, right? Arms. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure... I don't remember. I feel like He-Man might introduce him to somebody. As Duncan? I don't know if, uh, yeah. I think he either introduces him to Gwildar or to Courtney Cox. Yeah. It's once, though. And yeah. I only know it's Duncan because I looked it up on IMDb. Exactly. Same here. Yeah. Um, so Skeletor's troops find Gwildar's home. They escape through a secret passage underneath Grayskull Keep, which takes them directly to Grayskull Keep. Um, they attempt to rescue the sorceress, and that's when Skeletor shows up. Um, he realizes that Gwildar has another key, and then a laser gun fight in He-Man, of all places, ensues. Uh, Gwildar eventually turns on the key, and the four of them jump through the uh, the cosmic doorway, and they grapple-hook the key through the door after they drop it. Uh, I, I did notice, and this is something that bothered me, He-Man uses a laser gun or a laser rifle through the majority of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uses the he uses the sword a good amount of times, but I don't believe ever in the cartoon he uses a, a gun of any type. I think it's just the the power sword. Yeah. I don't know what they were I don't know yeah. why they de- they deviate so far from the source material in this movie. It's Yeah. So why you, bother? You have a weapon called the power sword which is right. like an all-powerful weapon and then you're just using layman's laser guns. Right, it's a cheap knockoff of Star Wars. Yeah, and, and yeah. they didn't have the sword extend, right? Because in the in the cartoon, it's like a like almost like a dagger at first, and then when he he yells, yeah, I got, I have the power, 
and it, boom, it, you know, it's a, it's a grower, not a shower. Right. And they, they don't do that. I was a little, everything about this movie just kind of left my inner child disappointed. <laughs> uh, so they go through the door. They crash land on what eventually we find out is Earth. They lose the key and they have to go split up and find it. Uh, they come across a cow, which is the first thing, the first animal that they come across. Beautiful uh, creature, absolutely beautiful creature, guys. Yeah, it's an adorable cow. It is. Uh, and this this leads me to one of my favorite characters in the movie. Are you talking about Tila? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you do you, do you want to tell people why Anthony? Uh, because uh, eventually we come across Robbie's uh, barbecue joint, and Julie is a waitress who is moving to New Jersey for whatever reason she's moving to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> Taxes to, weren't as high yet, I guess. To be in a Bruce Springsteen video. Right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Which might be earlier than Masters of the Universe, but yeah, she was really young in that that video. Yeah, she had that nice crew cut. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's breaking up with her boyfriend uh, and moving away because her parents died in a uh, in a plane crash. We find out of it later, uh, and she wants to start fresh. This part is great when they're at the they're at the uh, gravesite of her parents, and she reveals that she she blames herself because she said she was going to study. When she was really hanging out with uh, Robbie, is it? No, Kevin. Kevin Robbie is the name of the chicken joint. Right. So she said she was studying, but instead she was hanging out with Kevin. So way to make Kevin feel like a jerk, first of all. (laughs) It's not his fault. (laughs) That was on you, lady, all right? Yeah. Um, Then we meet Kevin, Julie's boyfriend. Um, He's a musician. Seems like a nice enough guy. And they decided the last night together that they're going to go see Julie's parents at the cemetery. Uh, so they leave. Um, Gwildar steals some chicken and ribs from Robbie's chicken shack uh, with man-at-arms and Tila. And uh, Tila takes a bite of some ribs, likes it at first, and then is grossed out by the fact that it was originally an animal. Rightfully so, Tila. Rightfully so. <laughs> and uh, She calls so us turn- all barbarians, right? I- I think the master at arms has, or man at arms, or whatever he's called, um, has the right idea when he goes. You don't don't think when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Right. Who is actually her father? Yes. Yeah, I think she calls him dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, a couple times. I don't know if that's how it is in the in the cartoon. It might be. I gotta double check. But continue. I'll I'll take a look. So they go to the cemetery, and then as as Dan pointed out, she blames herself for her parents' deaths. Um, they die in the plane crash, and. Were they not supposed to go on the plane if she was going to go with them? Was that the, the situation? Yeah, they were going to go to the beach, I think. They were supposed yeah. to spend it. What? And what a weird turn of events of a day, right? <laughs> like, like, oh, we're, we should all go to the beach. No, all right, well, we're going to take a plane trip then. That's not something you really do on spur of the moment, do you? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? I, th- I feel like you need to plan that out a little bit more. Yeah. Than- like beach or plane ride right I, this this was the 80s so i don't know if things were more relaxed back then where you could just hop a flight to you know new york on a day's notice and it'd be whatever but usually you, those two options aren't in the same on the same day beach or flight it's yeah. usually one or the other and uh tila is the adopted daughter of man at arms so that is gotcha. correct they they did something that was canon there you so go. good good for you movie 
Um, they eventually they find the key, and Kevin mansplains to Julie, incorrectly, that it's uh, some sort of Japanese synthesizer. Uh, that's not fair. <laughs> it's absolutely fair. <laughs> they, they both don't know. He just and makes up bullshit. He doesn't know he, what the fuck he's talking about. He's a musician. Yeah, and he just makes up, oh, it's one of those fancy new Japanese synthesizers. It's not. Well, essentially, it is a musical instrument, thanks to this stupid movie. But it ain't Japanese. It's not Japanese. But it was... It was... explains to her. That's shaky. Shaky at best. But I don't think so. I think you just don't understand what that mansplain means. (laughs) (laughs) I... I know exactly what mansplaining Dictionary. is. Dictionary.com has this scene as an example. Example, <laughs> when, when Kevin talks about the Japanese synthesizer and Masters of the Universe. It's right there. Super, Go to Dictionary.com. Super specific. Yeah. There's got to be weird. better examples. I'm not going to say it's not weird. <laughs> so, uh, at Castle Grayskull, Skeletor's team is trying to track the key, because uh, you know, it could be anywhere in the universe, but they... Can track it once it's been used um, because Kevin starts playing around with it. Uh, they are able to track it, so he sends a mercenary team to find the key. Uh, we go to Kevin's sound check, which apparently is the prom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he plays the the key some more. Uh, Skeletor, the Skeletor's team is able to pinpoint the location to the school, so he sends some mercenaries by the name of Blade, Sorod, Beastman, and Karg. Karg has the greatest head of hair in the history of mercenaries. It's like a Barry Manilow impersonator. <laughs> it's, it's like a helmet full of hair. <laughs> of, of hair. It's, are, it's Bram Stoker's Dracula, Yeah, essentially what it is. Are, are, are these guys like part of Masters of the Universe fiction? They, like They are, yes. Okay, just because of the uh, way they introduce them? Made it seem like uh, you're supposed to go, yeah, that guy, well, I when you're watching it in theaters. Definitely Beastman, because I had that action figure. Uh, I think Sawrod is as well. I'm not sure about Karg. I got to double check that. But I, I know Beastman and Sawrod are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do believe those guys are all evil. <laughs> evil. So Kevin goes off. He uh, goes to a guy named Charlie who owns a music shop tries to figure out what kind of uh, instrument he's got. Uh, meanwhile, the mercenaries show up at the prom, and they beat the shit out of a guy named Carl. <laughs> <laughs> the janitor. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's wearing just... a letterman's jacket, you, though. You kids, they... you kids can't be in here. <laughs> they wail on that poor guy. <laughs> they just destroy him. He goes out on a stretcher. Yeah, it was bad. But he's wearing but a letterman's cool. jacket, so that's weird for a janitor. I wasn't sure if it was the gym teacher or like just some other douche. Probably closer to a gym teacher, I would imagine, with the Letterman's jacket. Still yeah. living, still living the dream. Yeah. So they they all are part. To answer uh, Mark's question, they all are in the Masters of the Universe cartoon. Yeah. It se- yeah. It seemed like one of those like introductions. Yeah. Where you're I, supposed to get excited. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the empty movie theaters weren't all that impressed <laughs> yeah. either. The one guy in the back. Yeah. Yeah, it's Karg. Oh, oh my God, Blade! I didn't think they would. <laughs> I thought they were gonna do it. I didn't think they would really, but they did. Well, you got you you make fun, but that's all you do through the Marvel movies. 
which is my which is my point earlier. Like well, watching this was like, what if those movies were made in 1987? Now hold on, <laughs> just a moment with that. I take umbrage with with that statement. All right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. But this is far more acceptable. All right. This is mainstream stuff. All right. I this that was my life. All right. So I, yeah, I guess what you're saying is if Masters of the Universe were someone's life, they would be excited to see Sarod and. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. The mercenaries, uh, uh, they chase chase Julie through the through the school. She throws ammonia in Beastman's face and runs off, and the school is set on fire. Uh, Julie, while she's trying to get away, runs into He-Man. They hide, and He-Man takes out the mercenaries one by one. Eventually, Blade and He-Man sword fight. Um, there's a backstory, because uh, Blade says, I've been waiting for this moment a long time. Uh, backstory is that He-Man is the one that took Blade's eye in a previous fight. Um, they yeah, fight there's some... a lot of that in this movie. Like It's uh, it's hinted at there's such a long-standing feud between yeah. He-Man and these people, but you know we don't really know that other than just, yeah, you know, let this be it's it's always been between you and me well if you don't know the, the he-man masters of the masters of the universe story yeah you're not going to pick up on that it, it just kind of seems like he-man's a regular guy in eternia and then that's it mm-hmm. yeah it's um i get i they do sort of set it up that way that like you this is kind of an extension of the tv show to the point sort where of. like it starts off and there i guess there's just Pre, there's pre you, you should have preconception of what, who all these characters are and tying it back to your marvel reference it's how the new iteration of spider-man there's no mention of ben parker his uncle really mm-hmm. because i guess it's just well you know that his uncle is murdered so you don't need to show that so maybe that that's along the same vein mm-hmm. but i don't know for, for maybe a parent who doesn't really watch the show they yeah. might be like well okay who is this guy how do they know each other or they might just be like i just want this movie to end and go home with my kid <laughs> it could be either way yeah um they fight some laser battles eventually mercenaries run off meanwhile i i, I do like how quickly uh courtney cox's character decides to jump into the fray oh yeah there. and trust he-man he-man so quickly <laughs> Like, oh, you're a half-naked man. I got you. I understand. And she's a crack shot with that laser gun. Yeah. She's pretty good. And the, the stormtroopers, we're, we're going to call them stormtroopers, right? Yep. Yeah. They have so many chances in this movie to nail our heroes. They, mm-hmm. they have them in the narrowest of hallways, and they still can't hit them. It's mind-boggling. Even the stormtroopers would be like, you guys are... Like the actual stormtroopers. Yeah. They'd be like, what is wrong with you people? They're yeah. right there. They're in front of you. <laughs> so Kevin's at the guitar shop. He hears over the police scanner that the school's on fire. By the so way, that police uh, scanner is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the size of like a uh, telephone pole. Two-handed. <laughs> <laughs> police scanner. So he heads over to the school and meets up with uh, Mr. Strickland from Back to the Future, who plays a cop in this movie. Immediately blames... Immediately blames Kevin for the fire and uh, puts him in into his car and they're going to go try and find his girlfriend at her house. 
I think that might have been when he showed up. I think it might have been the only moment in the movie where I perked and was, oh shit, that guy's in it. <laughs> well, his character really doesn't fit in this movie. No, he's basically the, he's playing his principal character from Back to the Future. But why have him? Right? He doesn't. Yeah. He's just kind of like a hindrance. Yeah. For for he, no reason. He does not have a point to the plot. Nope. And he's always super slow on the uptake. Yeah, and I I wonder if it's to Mark's credit they just put him in there because he was in Back to the Future and he's a recognizable face. Yeah, I don't know. Is he was, that recognizable? I I mean we we knew who he was, but that's because it's you know many, many years after seven where people yeah. are remembering who that guy was. I don't know. Um, so He Man eventually introduces Julie to Tila and Man at Arms. Guldar shows up in a Cadillac. Um, mercenaries return to Skeletor without the key. He is not pleased, and he immediately kills Sorod. And he says, "R.I.P. Sorod." Yeah, R.I.P. He then he sends them back with Evelyn or Evil Evelyn with them to return to Earth um, in order to finish the job. Strickland and Kevin go to Julie's house. What did you say? I would say which is really what they should have done to begin with. Yeah, you just you you have countless men at your disposal just send in a force you know send in a bunch of guys yeah. there's four of them it's actually three and a you know a dwarf yeah send in all your guys You're, you'll overpower them yep. skeletor's a terrible tactician really <laughs> he just wants the power he doesn't want the dwarf he wants doesn't want to put the legwork in <laughs> can, can we also do real quick i really wish they had kept skeletor's voice some, ah. somewhat yeah <laughs> i'll get you he-man Rah. you know i wish they would have kept that and like frank langella is he actually has that a, a, a much deeper voice obviously it's not cartoonish in any way but it's just it takes away from the character yeah he's just generic bad guy yeah it's and the, the makeup's terrible it's just so dis- the, the more i talk about it it's just like you know like my posture is slumping over now and just <laughs> you know that's what this movie is it's just meh. If, if i could describe it in a, it's a, meh. a yeah, meh. <laughs> what is that an onomatopoeia or yeah a, yeah meh. That's meh. It. uh okay so strickland and kevin go to julie's house julie immediately calls and tells kevin to wait there and make sure he doesn't lose the key strickland starts playing around with the key and that allows evil in to find the signal of the key and then Strickland leaves, and he's going to go back to Charlie's. A lot of this movie is repetition. It's like yeah. the the mercenaries come to Earth, then they leave Earth, then they come back to Earth. And then Kevin goes to Charlie's place, then he leaves Charlie's place, and then Strickland goes to Charlie's place. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's such a boring setting. Yeah, yeah. right. It, it's because it, they built the set. Yes. And they needed to get all all the money's worth out of it. I guess, right? It'd be similar to having, you know, you you have this epic space adventure and you just decide to put it in, you know, suburbia, New Jersey or wherever. Yep. Like, oh, well that's not fun. There's no good set pieces here. It's Nope. Well, you have that's yeah. a nice house, I guess, but Yeah. I I I love how, you know, the budget is movie that they weren't able to do more with all the obvious product placement in this movie. Yeah, I saw Burger King. There's I a, didn't even notice that. Yeah, when she's uh when she goes behind the stage, there's cases of Pepsi. Oh. Back there. Good eye. I didn't uh, notice that. And then some of the stores, 
you know, there's an H&R Block and, you know, stuff like that in the background. There's even something that made me, um, being a dumb NHL fan that I am, there was a pharmacy, Rexall, which um, is the namesake of one of the arenas for the Canadian team. So I was like, was this filmed in Canada? And then I looked at I looked at it and it was like it's it's a chain that's like basically West Coast, mm. you know, it, Canada and America. It was filmed in uh, California. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, but I saw that I was like, huh. I was like, I could have sworn this looks like a like a studio set in, in like California, but yep. that 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 is a very like recognizable Canadian thing just from watching hockey. And it was just I it's just amazing that um and also the I may have missed it. And I will not watch it again to see if I did. But there has to, there had to be a flash by. It's the '80s, so there has to be a flash by of a Radio Shack at some point. But I don't, I don't think so. But it was that time in the '80s when you know Radio Shack yeah. ruled with an iron fist. Yeah, I mean everybody's watched Short Circuit too, so. Oh yeah, it's a classic. Uh, Strickland. Uh, so okay, where was I? Uh, Strickland leaves, taking the key as evidence at the Charlies. Uh, mercenaries storm the house, and Beastman beats the shit out of Kevin. <laughs> Evil Lynn shows up and puts a truth-telling collar on Kevin while the mercenaries tear the house, the house apart. Uh, he tells them that the cop walked off with it. He doesn't know where he is, but he just left. They leave, but they don't take the truth-telling collar with him. He-Man and friends show up at the house to find Kevin. Uh, Strickland winds up at Charlie's. He-Man and friends then show up too. Uh, Evil and not far behind, plan a full force attack. Uh, yeah. Pretty boring attack, by the way. Yeah. Just another laser fight. Nothing yeah. really happens. Yeah, the, All... the the two moments that happen between, you know, him getting attacked and the attack at Charlie's that that made me kind of go, really? Is um when uh, he gets the truth thing taken off him and he freaks out and has the proper reaction to He-Man and friends. But then uh, as soon as he picks up the chair to swing at him, they shoot the chair with a laser beam. Mm -hmm. Right. That wouldn't tell me that you're a good guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, huh, that went, okay. Yeah, it would be better if like he swings the chair and he hits He-Man and He-Man has like no reaction. Right. Yeah, it smashes (laughs) over his, you know, rippling physique. It's just like... We do not have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> and just like picks up Kevin and like puts him over his shoulder and just walks out the house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> and the other one that comes up with Strickland is when he's at Charlie's, he accuses the thing of being Russian. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, the uh, the time key, right? Yeah. He was like, "This is not Russian, is it?" Yeah. Like, oh, eighties. Yeah. A, a, a kid who works at Sam Goody's gonna know. That this key it's is Russian or not? Russian, Russian spy technology. Well, and that goes back to Ant's point. He's a terrible cop. You know, <laughs> he has no clue what he's doing, really, and he asks really dumb questions. Yeah. Uh, so the mercenaries smash through the store and start opening fire. A boring laser gun fight ensues. Meanwhile, yeah. Gwildar tries to take takes the key and starts working to get them back to Grayskull. All of a sudden, Julie's mom shows up out of nowhere. Julie goes out to see where her while Strickland and Kevin fight over the gun. Julie's mom needs the key, so Julie comes back into the store and steals the key and gives it to her mom. But surprise, surprise, wasn't Julie's mom at all. It was evil in the whole time. You so really then Julie has a mini freak movie. out. You really I, got me. You fooled me. I like that the I the first part of the fake out 
I can be very, I can see it's very believable. I mean, um, you know, no. I haven't lost a, a parent or anything, but it's like, oh yeah, mom, oh, maybe, oh, whatever. But then when she goes out and meets her, it's like, why are you here? We were on a very secret mission. At that point, alarm bells should start going off in your head, no matter really who it is. Stupid. Yeah. I, I think alarm stupid. alarm bells should just be going off in your head immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You, you don't really see people come back from the dead very often. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not, her parents didn't die over, under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. Right. That in a goddamn plane crash. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not that they went missing. And then they tried pulling this whole uh, Peter Parker's parents BS. Like, oh, yeah, we were away on secret mission. And like, well, wait yeah. a minute. That's that's literally Peter Parker's parents. Yeah. yeah. Say that three times fast. But um, I bet you could. It's not that hard. But uh, I just I derailed my own thought process. <laughs> oh, Courtney Cox is Star Crash, right? Yeah. She is Star. She does nothing. Still a star. Yeah. She does nothing in this movie of consequence, good or bad, really. And yeah. yeah. And she's she's yeah. just there. I feel like through two acts, He Man is not far behind. He I mean he's killed some, you know, goons, but that's it. He yeah, he hasn't really done I think Man Man at Arms and Tila and I guess uh Gwildor really do the heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, He-Man is just—he's He-Man. He's, he's not as heroic thing. as he should be. Right, and he's got that really stupid cape. I, I couldn't get over that cape. It was so distracting. He-Man doesn't wear a cape. <laughs> he's got his chest piece that enhances his strength. All right, people, no cape. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Well, I do. All right, and, and I demand that they go back and fix it. Yeah, yeah. At no point in this movie did he show you that he was. You know, this powerful leader of people. They just kept telling you he was. Well, well, well the he, people won't back down because He-Man's still alive. You he, know, he does knock over a uh, pillar in the in the final act, but yeah. he well, he well, struggled we, well, to do that, it. It's like right, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, yet. it's like really. This is right, kind of... It, it would have been cool to see him take like a, a nameless henchman and just like throw him. Like almost like Hulk style, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like take him and then yeah, what? show us something early on in that first, in first couple fights. And it, they do that that one scream, you know, that like Wil, Wilhelm scream. The, Wil, the Wilhelm scream. The Wilhelm scream. But and why then, would we show him do something super strong if he could sh- just shoot people with laser guns? That's an <laughs> excellent point. And I think he, you secretly directed this movie, Ant. Yeah. 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 And uh, and the other thing going through my mind for most of this movie is, and I looked at the IMD pre. B profile because god this movie was longer than it should have been um two hours yeah uh was how courtney cox was not more of a star in the 80s than you know what was was she at this point was she just like an up-and-comer i guess yeah like i guess the she didn't do much in terms of um her big thing would be family tides would have been around this time she was on there for like 19 episodes it says here okay so Yeah, so, you know, everything else, like, she was, you know, guest starring roles and stuff. But she was on, well, a, sh- a series called Misfits of Science, which is, there's somebody listening out there that grew up in the mid-80s and is like, God damn it, she was on Misfits of Science. What are you saying, not a star in the 80s? Mark, you're missing, if it's Tuesday, it still must be Belgium. <laughs> and she was in Cocoon, and that's about it, really? Cocoon the Return. Yeah, I mean, I she was yeah. only 23 at the time. She was yes. still pretty young. You know what I'd accomplished yeah. at, when I was 23, Ant? 
Not a goddamn thing. Not nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's funny that nothing really comes until Ace Ventura and Friends and stuff yeah. after this movie. All right. So the mercenaries leave. Uh, Strickland tries to take them out with a shotgun. They immediately blow up the Cadillac. Uh, then Evelyn opens the door for Skeletor and his men, and he shows up on a floating parade float. Uh, he asks what the status is, and she tells him she has the key, but He-Man has eluded her, and he's pretty disappointed. <laughs> he's just really bummed about it. <laughs> so he sends a couple of guys on hoverboards um, to try and kill He-Man. Super 80s looking, too, up. man. <laughs> yeah. Flying centurions. Yeah. Then He-Man starts riding a hoverboard and starts shooting yeah. people. Then he grapple hooks the key out of Evil Lynn's hands. And a hoverboard chase ensues. Then the gang gets held at gunpoint by Skeletor's army as He-Man hoverboards around. Uh, Skeletor sets a trap for He-Man. Julie gets hurt in the process, and, the, and they accidentally destroy the key. Uh, then He-Man goes ham on some soldiers, but uh, Skeletor eventually takes He-Man back to Eternia as his prisoner, uh, and then Strickland shows up with some backup. Yeah. Um, like, this could have been... One of the points when he's fighting off all those people on the roof where he punches one and it, like, goes through and knocks, like, eight of them down. Like, they could have done... But, no, it's just a normal normal fight, normal Dolph Lundgren fight on a roof. Yeah, you know? it would have been cool. Like, yeah, it would have been cool to just see him just obliterate some some henchmen or, you know... if yeah. he When he's going one-on-one with uh, Beastman, like, that would have been a cool fight to see because yeah. they're, they're both really strong characters. But right. I don't think they really interact all that much it's kind of it's just kind of like a weird yeah the, the the mercenaries seem more like weaker henchmen essentially in this than actual powerful characters themselves mm-hmm. in this i think the the writer director whoever misinterpreted those characters that they do come from the cartoon you know they they looked closer to to use a 90s reference you know all, all the goons that rita repulsa would send out that's you know, a good one. I I agree. You yeah, know, especially rather uh, than what they were, like you were saying, Beastman, you know, is a strong guy that can almost stand toe for toe with He-Man. But right. you know, but it, obviously being the hero, he'll always overcome. But you know, they just seemed like sniveling weaklings more than you know. Uh, right. They, yeah, they were just like low-level henchmen, really. Yeah. Like almost like monster of the week. Yeah, Evelyn. It was basically probably the only one that had any kind of you know uh i don't want to use the word power because it's not so much power but you know with i could hold her own you know sort of in the situation i, mm-hmm. I will say the one thing this movie has going for it all of the leading ladies in it minus christina pickles could get it yeah <laughs> there you go so point for, for you movie <laughs> yeah first, first thought that came in my mind when courtney cox shows up was just ah just like Christopher Plummer, huh? <laughs> Could get it. Get it. <laughs> but not as much as Christopher Plummer, right? Is that right? Yeah. Is that where the, the bar is still Christopher Plummer? Yeah. Speaking speaking of this, uh, Mary, fuck, kill, Sorod, Beastman, or Karg? Few <laughs> uh, Kargs. I gotta kill Karg. He is gruesome looking. But but Beastman's very hairy, and I don't know if I could live with that. That's why you uh, fucked him. No, 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 no. Do you no, no. replace Sorod because he's dead with Blade? Yeah, to put Blade in there. So <laughs> you, you can't you can't do it with Beastman because then you're going to be picking hair out of you. And uh, 
yeah for a long time so you don't want that i think i, I think he killed probably beast man. Bestiality too right and he could probably like when he gets really into it he could probably tear you apart you know what i'm saying <laughs> like safe right. words dan you need well, safe words Save all, uh, save all this ape ripping people apart talk for the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll fit right in. I'm bald. I have scruff. And I, I talk about animals. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So Blade. I'm going to I'm gonna bang Blade. Kill Beastman. Marry Karg? <laughs> oh, that's... that's man. Because I, I don't want to... I don't want to do it with Karg. It's gross. I'd rather just have that very distant relationship with him. Yeah, you, you make... Know? You you make married life seem so appealing there. I'll marry him well, because I don't want to do it with him. Well, well th- thankfully my wife is not a eight foot tall beast, or you know, like I said, a Bram Stoker's Dracula. So I'm okay in that. I, I'm happy with the decision I made. But here, this is uh, this is pick your poison, really. Yep. Well, what about you guys? Mark, do you have any changes to that? Uh, well, no, I'm fucking beast man. I've already said it <laughs> on the record. So, so you, you don't want to go back on that? Nope. Wow. Stick Sticking to your guns. Yep. All right. I'm going to isolate that drop right there. <laughs> I'm fucking beast man. <laughs> well, you, you make, it sh- make sure everyone knows the context. It's not Mark saying, you know, I'm fucking beast man. Beast man. It's, I'm... <laughs> Doing it with Beast Man. I I'm, want everyone to I, know that. I'm fucking comma Beast Man. Yes. Yeah. It's not that Mark is a Beast Man, although you are in certain <laughs> ways. I don't think that comma works either. Neither it, do it I. It sounds like I you're telling Beast Man that you're mind. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking Beast Man. It's just like the. Uh, it's like later. Is a Beast Man knocking on your door? He's your college roommate. Okay. Right. Beastman, come back! Don't you see the sock on the doorknob? Uh, Beastman, even in the in the cartoon, Beastman was always very <laughs> slow on the uptake. He couldn't pick up on those types of uh, yeah. social cues. Yeah. So you got to give him a little slack, Mark. Yeah, and I. But I, we I know, so you're you're nailing Beastman. Good for you. Yeah. Then I'm. Well, I probably I would probably also marry Card. Okay. Uh, and kill Blade. Kill Blade, the only human-looking person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What is going on here? <laughs> if we're hey, if we're talking a fantasy world here, man. <laughs> now is this is this simply like oh this will be a good story, or yeah. this is like legit? You're faced with this. This is how you're doing it. No, 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 I, I, no. I'm doing yeah, yeah. Because think about it with the the fucking beast man part. You know when you're walking down the street in you know Eternia and beast man comes across the screen or whatever they do there, you can lean in and go. I fucked him. Yeah. Think about the possibilities, man. I, I, the, the listeners at home can't see the face that I made, but it was a look of pure disgust and just questioning that's, that's, our friendship. That's what I go for, Dan. All right, well, the fact that I can see you on video. I wanna... Yeah. <laughs> see, I'm at a loss because I can't see you guys. So you get all of me. I get nothing from you guys. I, I'm not sure what you're doing over there. For all I know, you could be doing something weird now that you're talking about, you know, getting it on with Beast Man. Yeah. Or, or you can't tell if I'm really joking about all this either. You're not. I'm not. Don't, yeah, <laughs> don't even try to backpedal on this one, Mark. Oh, no, I wouldn't. So, or would I? <laughs> well, maybe you would. But 
So what about you, Ann? Who's uh, who's <laughs> who has the uh, who's the lucky guy? Oh man, I, no one's fucked Karg yet. No, I guess I gotta fuck Karg. <laughs> well, you go through that here. I, I need that drop too, Ann. <laughs> I guess I gotta fuck Karg. I'm marrying. Am I, anyone marry Beastman? No. I'm marrying Beastman and I'm killing Blade. Well, you, yeah. Is it, now is that what your 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 heart is telling you? Yeah, I mean, Karg's got a beautiful head of hair. I he fuck. does. I don't, that's something to grab onto. <laughs> I feel like, what if it was a wig? <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. Right? Like you're, you're, you're getting it from behind, and then all of a sudden you're like, you, you pull it, and then it just whoop, and then it's just like strands of scraggly hair, and then you just have like a weird toad-looking guy. Yeah. There's only one way to find out. I guess. <laughs> well... I think I, I have a feeling that guy's dead. I don't know why. Robert Towers. Hold on. <laughs> no, he's still alive. Oh well, he's probably gonna he, die. Now. Right? Yeah, I just put the the uh, the kibosh on him. So uh, Robert Towers, you will be missed. Uh, thank you for your portrayal as Karg, and uh, you know, good luck wherever you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back to the uh, the movie at hand. I try and pick up the pace a little bit after that detour. Um, so where were we? Uh, you could just fast forward to the end if you want. Yeah. So <laughs> they go back to yeah. Boring stuff happens. They eventually rebuild the key. Kevin's got perfect pitch, so he's able to remember the melody. Um, yes, he calls himself a high school band keyboardist, and there's a million of us. Yeah. And then the powerful message of there's only one of you, Kevin. Yep. There's only one of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Skeletor is back to Grayskull Keep. Sorceress is almost out of power. Um, she she drops a great line that I want to say. Uh, okay. She drops one that's to, to uh, Skeletor. She says, because he's talking about how it's his destiny to uh, rule Eternia. And she says, men who crave power look over the mistakes of their lives, pile them all together, and call it destiny. Oh, that was a pretty badass line. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a because she's she's near death, so it's one of those final like that really hits home, and it's it's a good line. I'll give I'll give her that. I had to I had to look it up to see if it was from something else. I couldn't find any other. Uh, it was really just from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I, I uh, from what I could tell through a brief brief search, like the first thing that comes up is just that, and I didn't wow. see. Wow. Well, Christina Pickles. Nice. Good for you, lady. Yeah. 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 And, you know, maybe my brain is broken, but the entire time he's doing like the monologue stuff up here, um, I was just thinking of late 80s Nick Cage doing this up uh, there. I think, I think mid 90s. I think mid 90s would have been better. Yeah. Just sort of, you know, this is where the scenery should have been chewed up. Mm-hmm. And it just it just falls flat. So so essentially. We kind of skimmed over something where, or and maybe you you mentioned it, but so Skeletor has the sorceress of Castle Grayskull, and she's feeding, he's feeding off her power, and they have until the moonrise of that yeah, night. The, mo- the moon reaches the apex. Right. Its apex. Its zenith. Of, yeah. Or whatever. Same thing. And then the great eye opens up. And, and you know what I thought of the entire time. I mean. Come on, the great eye, you know. Sora. No, I mean, you know. Oh, vagina. Yep, there you go. <laughs> the great eye opens, and 
all that power comes in with you. You know, that's the, it's the power. But um, yeah. So essentially, he's feeding off of her, and then once that the great eye opens, he will become the master of the universe, essentially, right? Yeah. So th- there's kind of a race against time aspect that we sort of glossed over. It's not. It really doesn't matter. No. Well. If they yeah. used any unit of time that we could measure, right. we could tell. Yeah, that is one thing. There is a ticking right. clock in this movie, but the ticking clock is based on Eternia time. Right. So they, like, well, I don't even remember what they call them, like Chromoms or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. It's, it, it, every, or Metrons. I think it's something like Metrons. Unit, every unit of measurement in this galaxy is just flip-flab. You yeah. just call it that. Yeah. Oh, you have until Zork o'clock to, <laughs> exactly. to get back, and it'll it'll be the same. There's no difference. Yeah, the 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 man in arms is like, it's gonna be 0.8 metrons before the moon reaches its its apex. I'm like, right. okay, well, it's gonna happen in the third act. In order to get back to our universe, universe, we have to go forward 20 zigzags. Like, oh, all right, well. Good for you, I guess. Why couldn't you just say 20 light years? That's something that we all know. Yeah. It's something that's measurable. Something that's real. Yeah. But anyway. Did, did they mention a parsec in here? Or did I... Am I imagining that? You're... I think you're, okay. I think you're okay. hoping. Yeah. You're really hoping for something <laughs> cool to happen in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the moon reaches its apex. The great eye opens for Skeletor to be master of the universe. Starts to be filled with power. Get some fancy new duds. And demands He-Man to, to kneel. Now he gets a he gets like a samurai yeah. helmet. I felt like this was like the moment in Double Dragon where he finally gets both right. dragon medallions, and it's like it's like so anticlimactic of the amount of power he has. Right like now he could sh- in this he can now shoot like lightning out of his hands. That's yeah. about what he can do. But That's he was able to that. do that before. It just changed colors. Yeah. Right. He zaps Courtney Cox in the leg with purple lasers, mm-hmm. and then once he gets all the power, it turns into yellow. Yeah. So it just gave him a different color. Yeah, because He Man could still withstand it, because the the right. turn at it is he does that, and then uh, everyone everyone shows up in Castle Grayskull from Earth, and then a laser fight ensues. He Man breaks the chains with the help of. Skeletor's like lightning bolts, and yeah. then he sw- he beats up some people. Um, Dolph Lundgren does a few swings and misses, uh, <laughs> really selling those punches. Uh, more and more laser guns. Eventually, uh, He-Man is able to withstand some electric bolts from Skeletor and is able to take back the power sword. Um, they fight. Uh, eventually, He-Man breaks Skeletor's staff and turns him back into regular old Skeletor. Um, well, he, he's got one last shot. He takes a sword shot at He-Man, who almost drops the power sword down the shaft that the Emperor fell down in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> That's yep. exactly what I thought, too. They do a little bit more fighting, and then He-Man knocks Skeletor down the same shaft. And then that's the Sorcerer is saved, and Strickland, who does nothing, and it winds up that he wants to stay in Eternia because he found... This random ass concubine Where that did I guess she come was... from. Who, by the way, um, and it's twice in this it. movie, is that yeah, one hundred percent, is that he leans in to do something and she's assuming kiss because she like starts bending down towards him and then he turns around to deliver a line, you know, instead and of 
So yeah. I guess maybe it was just uh, they were free free balling it a little bit and yeah, maybe. man, yeah. yeah, yeah. One scene he's he's dressed in his regular street clothes. At the end, he's dressed as a Roman emperor yeah. with some random chick on his his knee. Yeah, yeah. Like, where where did did I miss something here? Yeah, she's <laughs> never she is nobody. She's right. never introduced. No, yeah, and she's never shown in the palace. Like, why would I go back to Earth? I've got I've I've got all I could ever want here. He, he this, goes, I have that. a castle. Oh, slowly roll, Strickland. This isn't <laughs> yeah. your castle, buddy. All right. You, you see the big, tall, half-naked man there? Yeah. I think it's his castle. Yeah. At the very least, it's the sorceresses, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> right. and then it's He-Man's. And right. Then... I mean, she is labeled as she's credited as sorceress of Grayskull. Yeah. So I'm assuming she at least has a she's like subletting or something. Yeah. And then he's just yeah. like, I got this random concubine that I guess was was unowned so it's mine now (laughs) that's how it works in eternia slavery's still around Uh, (laughs) yeah there was one thing i forgot to mention when we were when they were on the roof when he was um when they were capturing he-man uh there's a guy that trips and falls um into he-man um and they kept that they kept that scene in there probably because they other cuts were probably worse but they do they didn't notice right i didn't notice and it it has a weird cut again not going back to confirm um as well as that they cut from that to like a skeletor like smiling and it looks like it might be from like the same shot where maybe uh you know he real he saw it happen and start broke character a little bit it was like a weird cut there um but yeah it felt like one of those movies where it was like oh we got three in the can we'll just use the best one when we go back to editing <laughs> you know <laughs> and everything else went right in that scene except for that guy falling it was like well fuck yeah this is yeah. this is what we have uh roll with it roll with it so they say their goodbyes and julie and kevin are transported back to earth they uh julie wakes up in her bed and she realizes that uh she her parents are alive they've gone back into the past slightly when we find out the cosmic key is also a time machine apparently It's a tesseract, essentially. I think they even say they, the word they tesseract. Just, uh, the, one of the components of the uh, the rebuilt cosmic key is some sort of tesseract. And there you go. That uh, Tila had on her arm the whole time. So you hear it, you heard it here first. There is no MCU without Masters of the Universe. Yep, that's right. Masters of the MCU. There, there you go. Um. So Julie's parents are alive again, and it's all thanks to the cosmic key, blah, blah, blah. And that's the end of the movie. We get credits, and then an after-credits scene. Uh, the best one ever. Yes, uh, where Skeletor is at, pops his head out of a, a red puddle pool and just says, I'll be back. And freeze frame. Freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> oh, such a terrible... I... See, I didn't know if there was one, so but I, I fast-forwarded just in case, and I saw it, and I was just like, man, I would have been so mad if I sat through the credits for that. Yeah. Can you uh, imagine if Marvel had done that? Like, it was just, you know, I, after Iron Man, he just kind of walks in and looks at the camera and says, I'll be back. I'm like, oh, well, MCU's dead. See you later. I think it would be pretty good if, if, they, if they did an homage to Masters of the Universe and had, like, Red Skull do it. I didn't. I don't. <laughs> just pop up out of the out of uh, Captain Amer- in Captain America at the end. Just right. Pop his head out of the Arctic water. I'll be back. And, that, and freeze frame. Yeah, freeze frame. We don't get enough freeze frames in movies anymore. No. Nope. Who Here do we talk podcast, to about that? 
We always appreciate a good freeze yeah. frame. I gotta contact Kevin Smith. Maybe he'll do one. I feel like maybe. I feel like Kevin Smith would be like, yeah, you know, maybe we don't have enough freeze frames. Let's let's get on that. <laughs> uh, and that's Masters of the Universe. We kind of burned burned through the last uh, the last act of that movie, but there's really not much yeah, of any importance that we missed. Um, you know, it's kind of your standard standard bullshit, really. Yeah. This movie's weird. It's just, I mean, I, I know a lot of decisions were made based on budget, but it is weird to have a He-Man movie that is just so reliant on laser guns. Yeah, I, I think in my notes, I wrote how I would make this movie better, is to just really eliminate the laser gun fights. You have entirely too many, mm-hmm. for sure entirely too many. Yeah, I think you have like five or six. That's yeah. a lot. That's too many. You You can have maybe two, three most. Uh, and I would just have He-Man actually be He-Man. You know, right. it's it, it would have been better to have this as more of an origin story, I think. I think where, so. Right, you, you have him as, he's Prince Adam of Eternia. He doesn't know he's He-Man until he gets the power sword. And then you you build up the, you build up the hatred between he and Skeletor. Instead of it just being like, you know the story, kids. Here it is, He-Man versus Skeletor. And it's like, well... Yeah, we know it, but how did it get there? It would have been cool to see in a cinematic uh, medium how that works. So I, I think if you if you would, I, I think they're redoing Masters of the Universe. But they are. Right. So I don't know how they plan on doing it, but I, I would hope, because I'm sure they're going to try to do an expanded universe, because that's what everybody does this, uh, you know, nowadays. So I'm assuming they'll try to do their Masters of the Universe universe and I would imagine they should do it with the origin story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's essentially um, just throwing you into it. Um, starts this movie off on a on a bad foot. Um, you know, it's it, it. There's no they. It, it's it's the old adage. Uh, you know, tell you know show don't tell. You know, in terms of things. And throughout the entire first act of the movie or most of it, they're telling you everything. Like, oh, you know, I'm doing this for this, and this is why I did that, and I hate He-Man because he's this, and, you know, instead of just having those moments, like, showing him be strong, you know, or showing why, you know. So maybe if you do start out a little slower, and it might also be because we're spoiled with how good the MCU did, you know, origins of these superheroes, that you might have, if you start this story out a little slower... Um, maybe you build and the big moments feel bigger and better. Um, also get some better actors for some parts, um, for sure. But, um, I think you got to start with the, the foundation of, you have to get people invested, um, with some kind of hook in there. And if it's maybe, maybe Prince Adam's a reluctant, you know, He-Man. I don't know if that's the title of a person or that's what he calls himself. Yeah, he becomes He-Man. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he's a reluctant one, you know, when and the sorceress has to. And that's how him and Skeletor come to odds, because, you know, he accepts his power because he's got to defeat. So, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. you know, so, sort of thing, rather than just making him full blown. He man. So I'm reading. I don't know if this is true or not, that supposedly the movie follows the mythos of the original He-Man mini comic more than the animated show where He-Man is not secretly Prince Adam. So I guess he's just He-Man. So I didn't. I don't know if that's true or not. I'd have to dig down because I only know of the cartoon. 
Right. But I've never heard of, uh, as far as I know, it's always been He-Man and Prince Adam. They're one and the same. But if if that's the case, then I still don't give this movie a pass. It's pretty, it's done pretty terribly. Yeah, I'd rather the, have that secret identity almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from what I heard of the of the She-Ra cartoon, which I hear is really good, um, the they go with the secret identity thing in there as well, um, rather than just being She-Ra. Okay. You know, hey, so, which is fine. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. So yeah, they like I said, I think a lot of our ideals talking about this, and I don't know what Ant's thoughts on are, are on this, but. Um, I think we've just been spoiled with the way Marvel has handled uh, the MCU since since Iron Man. True. So. Yeah, I I mean my I would agree that I think an, a more of an origin story would work. I think if you're going to not do that, I think you could kind of do maybe the opposite of what they do. So they have He-Man going to Earth here. I think you can make the story in reverse and have maybe Julie or and Julie and Kevin going to Eternia um, accidentally. Yeah. Like they accidentally set off the the uh, the cosmic key and they wind up in Eternia. So they they wind up in the middle of this ongoing battle between He-Man and Skeletor. Um, I, one of the, like, the, as mentioned in the IMDb trivia that we already mentioned that because of budget reasons, they brought... Um, they brought it into pre- present day at the time, which was 1987, California. Um, but they spend, they must have spent a decent amount of money on the soundtrack because there was, there, <laughs> they've got Jimi Hendrix, Purple Haze, as well as Dear Mr. Fantasy. Um, so they spent a good amount of money on stuff that they wouldn't have had to if they just kept this as a, you know, a fantasy period piece of sorts. I mean, we saw with uh, Sorceress. Yeah. I mean, which was a much lower budget movie than this was, that they were able to, you know, for for what that movie was, they were able to accomplish that sort of that sort of similar setting that would uh, pass for Eternia. Um, That's so true. Uh, obviously that was a low budget movie, and you know they're basically in the in fields for most of the time. But um, you really don't have to do much more than that. I, I, I it feels like it just wound up turning this into uh, an other cheap knockoff of this of a star wars movie with all the laser guns like the mm-hmm. annoyed the shit out of me just yeah. hearing all the lasers just i mean there's nothing more annoying than a gunfight in general right to me and then just to have them all just laser sound effects was just abysmal um but yeah i think i think a, a standard um Origin story would have worked here, but again, as I said, doing the reversal what they did here, bringing uh, Americans from the 80s to Eternia would have worked better. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go too. You know, the uh, maybe Orco, not Orco, uh, Grindel, Gwyn, Grindel, right? Gwyndel, Gwyndel, whatever. Orco, I'm gonna go with Gwildor. Gwildor. Uh, have Gwildor send the magic key back to Earth and kind of like one of looking for the diamond in the rough to help save Eternia mm-hmm. kind of storyline where it's Kevin and Courtney Cox. I forget her name. I don't really care. Uh, Julie. Julie. So have them come to Eternia by accident, but it turns out it's fate. You know, they're here to, they somehow help He-Man. Maybe they rescue He-Man from Skeletor's clutches and then he goes and recruits Man-at-Arms and Tila. And it would have been cool to have like Battle Cat there. 
you know, his trusty mount. I don't know if you guys remember Battle Cat. Nope. It's essentially his pet slave. <laughs> it, that's really what it is. Check it out. The, the cat is like super nervous when he's just the regular cat. And then when he becomes Battle Cat, he's kind of like forced to fight. But anyway, uh, it, yeah, it would have been cool to have a couple of other characters in it from the He-Man universe. But yeah, I, I think either way, you have the, the origin story or you have it where the Earthlings come to Eternia. Uh, is there, uh, any last, any last words on, uh, on Masters of the Universe? Is, would, I think it would be too cheesy to say this movie does not have the power, but <laughs> how else do you end it, right? That This movie does not have the power. This movie was not a great journey. No. Oh, yeah. great journey. I don't know what that is. That's like a, <laughs> they do like a, almost like a, a kung fu, uh, yeah. hand signal, right? Yeah. Mark, any last thoughts? No, and just thinking about that great journey thing, I, I love the. You can tell that the writer had that explanation for it and thought it was just gold. <laughs> you know, so he's like, oh, it's have this whole special hand thing, and it's like, have them do it throughout the whole movie, and then we'll explain it at the end, and it'll be like this big philosophical thing. Um, and it just, it just falls flat. Yeah. Uh, you guys got any pluggables? Uh, you know, just the same old. You can visit my. Twitter, Diaquino122. Uh, I have an Instagram, but it's not really fun. So that's about it, Mark. Yeah, yeah. So Stranger Damies, as usual. Um, we just aired um, the first uh, episode from our latest session, um, which has a better camera angle on me, so you're not looking at the side of my face for an entire uh, <laughs> hour uh, on the YouTube video. Uh, but we're finally getting into some backstory on um, one of the characters uh, that um, you may be excited to learn things about, um, depending on uh, what your allegiances are. So be sure to tune into that. That released yesterday. So you can find it on the main um, where that stuff is housed, um, where all this is housed pretty easily. You can um, go from one to the other on there. Um if you don't want to download all of our feeds or anything, but we'd love you if you did that. Um, but yeah, yeah, and looking forward to, you know, the little tweaks and things that I do as I learn editing a little bit more um, on Premiere. Um, I had a surprise for everyone on the video. Yes, good um, job today. with that. The, the layout yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah, we just uh, got to get, uh, and this is just as we grow, you know, once we get a little better video quality or maybe a uh, better file size or whatever, so that I think it only pulls out at 480 instead of 720. Mm. And I don't know if that's just a limitation of our cameras or I'm doing something wrong in Premiere. Um, but, yeah, I just want that to be a little crisper because that lets the, the photos and stuff that I put on there come through a little clearer. But um, we'll get there. You know, you're going through the growing pains with us now. And we're happy that you're with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, we are They Called Us a Movie. You can find us uh they called us a movie.podbean.com and on any podcast streaming app. That includes, for the first time I can say, we are now on Spotify. So yeah. you can uh, find us on Spotify and I'm pretty sure you could basically find us just about anywhere you could you could stream podcasts at this point. Um, that includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, the aforementioned uh, st- uh, Spotify. Um, we are the main and if you want to find more from us you want to see our 
our social media posts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the main Damie. We post kind of updates of when the next, what the next movie is going to be, or we'll maybe ask some questions and all that kind of good stuff. Um, if you have any questions or if you have a movie that you think that we should be aware of that would fit right in with kind of, uh, what we're doing here, you could, uh, email us at the main at gmail.com. Another place you uh, listen to this, if you're listening to us on our podcast stream, you can also find us on the Geek Vibes Nation podcast stream. A uh, bunch of great people that put together a bunch of different shows for a bunch of different uh, interests. I know they're uh, deep into the new Amazon Prime show, The Boys. I think they got their own podcast for that. They're doing basketball podcasts. They're doing uh, comics Everything that you could think of, they've been, they've got a show for you, and you'll find us there too. Um, so as like an added bonus, you could listen to us as well as a bunch of other great stuff. Um, they're at Geek Vibes Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, and also they are their main website is gvnation.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you if you would like, please uh, like, share, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That's always helpful. Tell um, your friends about us. And yeah, Tell word of mouth. Friend. Word one of mouth friend. always helps out. If you like what you're, you hear, you know, you know, kind of give us a shout out to someone that you know that think that you think might like this too. Uh, this has been our Masters of the Universe episode. So um, thanks for listening. Uh, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. This is this is Anthony Delvecchio telling director of Masters of the Universe, Gary Goddard, to go fuck himself. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.